Hello, patriots and other interested parties. I am Deep Cover Patriot, and this is The Republic Stands. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021, and tonight we are going to continue with the breakdown. I would like to begin by addressing the exploitation of Q by, well, everyone. The narrative of the left has nothing to do with whether or not Q is real. Let me repeat that. The existence of Q has nothing to do with the attention being drawn to it by the left. Patriots and others are expending a tremendous amount of time and energy on the following narrative. The shills, trolls, sock puppets, mockingbird media, and big tech are saying, man, Q isn't real, get a life. Trump lost, Biden won, what are you going to do about it, Q-tards? QAnons are domestic terrorists. Q is the most dangerous conspiracy theory in the whole world, ever. Coming up on HBO, CNN, MSNBC, etc., an expose of the Q conspiracy and the crazies who follow it. And they're dangerous, and they want to blow everything up, and we can't let them film at 11. QAnon is a dangerous conspiracy theory that has been debunked. They actually believe Trump won the election, but there's no proof at all, honest and for real. And they believe UFOs killed Johnny Cash or something, but whatever, they're bad, and you can't listen to them, so stop it. Patriots are responding, saying, wow, if Q wasn't such a threat to the deep state, they wouldn't be getting so worked up about it. We're over the target. And meanwhile, the deep state is saying, screw Q and the Anons. Trump is out, Biden is in, and we're still here. Hey, I know, let's jump all over Q and the Anons. We'll flush out the Anons, make them run all over the place, thinking we're scared of an internet handle. We will also reinforce to our sheeple that Q and Anons are real threats and must be dealt with. Wow, look, everyone's getting all worked up. Maybe someone will go off and do something. Then we can bring the hammer down even sooner than we planned to. Friends, right now, the left is using Q and the Anons as tropes, as real-life memes to further their agenda. If Q can be painted as a threat to the regime, then by extension, so also is anyone associated with Q. Anyone who supports, posts about, examines, and defines Q and the drops. The benefit to the regime is huge. They already have lists of Trump supporters, lists of people banned by Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Lists of people who went to Trump rallies, registered Republicans, gun owners, donors to conservative PACs, members of churches and other groups opposed to abortion, people who have called or written to their representatives in favor of overturning the election or banning abortion. And now, with the Q narrative front and center, they have lists of anyone who supported Q, even the Anons, because by definition, we are patriotic Trump supporters and sworn enemies of the communist regime. So be it. We must engage the enemy where they are weakest, which for now is the digital battlefield. We must not break. We must not bend. We must expend all efforts in documenting truth and spreading it far and wide. Not to red pill anyone, all have chosen their sides, but to ensure for posterity that the truth of our experience will not be forgotten and to drive a wedge into the false narrative as deep as it will go. We will be and are being harassed, lied to, and about. We will continue to be persecuted and attacked. But this is our republic. This is our last hope at keeping what freedoms we have left. This is the final battle for the soul of America, and we must not falter. We must not give up. We must not be distracted by the efforts of the deep state by way of the MSM and big tech to goad us into weakening our stance. 
The defensive posture must be theirs. Ours is to take the info war on the offensive. While the plans of the cabal are secret, their goals are not. Their goals are not hidden. They are not imaginary. The satanic world order has made it very clear what they intend to do, to whom, how, and for the most part, when. Let's hear from some members of the deep state and the new world cabal. After his return from China with President Nixon and Henry Kissinger in August 10th, 1973, David Rockefeller wrote an article for the New York Times entitled, From a China Traveler, quote, One is impressed immediately by the sense of national harmony. From the loud patriotic music at the border onward, there is very real and pervasive dedication to Chairman Mao and Maoist principles. Whatever the price of the Chinese Revolution, it has obviously succeeded not only in producing more efficient and dedicated administration, but also in fostering high morale and community of purpose. The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in history. Unquote. Well, as David knew very well, the price of the communist revolution in China was massive death. There are many reports, and the numbers vary widely. The most accurate reporting I can find is a year-by-year -year breakdown of total deaths reported. Even within statistical margins of error, this is a massive count. From 1950 to 1955, 10 million people died every year. Between 1955 and 1960, seven and a half million people died every year. And between 1960 to 1965, 6,800,000 people died every year. That's 121,500,000 deaths. That's China. Ted Turner said a total population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels, would be ideal. Mikhail Gorbachev said the ecological crisis, in short, is the population crisis. Cut the population by 90%, and there aren't enough people left to do a great deal of ecological damage. Roger Martin added, quote, On a finite planet, the optimum population providing the best quality of life for all is clearly much smaller than the maximum, permitting bare survival. The more we are, the less for each. Fewer people mean better lives. Professional gadfly Bill Maher chimed in with, Quote, I'm pro-choice. I'm for assisted suicide. I'm for regular suicide. I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving. That's what I'm for. It's too crowded. The planet is too crowded, and we need to promote death. In a paper entitled Climate Ethics and Population Policy, Professor Philip Cafaro of Colorado State University wrote, Ending human population growth is almost certainly a necessary but not sufficient condition for preventing catastrophic global climate change. Indeed, significantly reducing current human numbers may be necessary in order to do so. Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger was a little more specific. All of our problems are the result of overbreeding among the working class. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, sounding a bit disingenuous, no doubt grossly underrepresenting her understanding, said, Frankly, I had thought that at the time Roe v. Wade was decided, there was concern about population growth, and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of.
Key advisor to Hillary Clinton, Nina Fedorov, said, We need to continue to decrease the growth rate of the global population. David Brower, the first executive director of the Sierra Club, said childbearing should be a punishable crime against society unless the parents hold a government license. All potential parents should be required to use contraceptive chemicals, the government issuing antidotes to citizens chosen for childbearing. Thomas Ferguson, former official in the U.S. State Department Office of Population Affairs, said, There is a single theme behind all our work. We must reduce population levels. Either governments do it our way through nice, clean methods, or they will get the kinds of mess that we have in El Salvador, or in Iran, or in Beirut. Population is a political problem. Once population is out of control, it requires authoritarian government, even fascism, to reduce it. Jacques Cousteau said, In order to stabilize world populations, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day. A quote I'm sure that you've heard is Prince Philip, who said, In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. And Albert Pike was more specific, if not a bit macabre, but laid out exactly what the plan is and the goal that they have in mind. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists, and we shall provoke a great social cataclysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to all nations the effect of absolute atheism, the origins of savagery and of most bloody turmoil. Then, everywhere, the people will be forced to defend themselves against the world minority of the world revolutionaries and will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitudes disillusioned with Christianity whose spirits will be from that moment without direction and leadership and anxious for an ideal, but without knowledge where to send its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out into public view. A manifestation which will result from a general reactionary movement will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. And last but not least, the mysterious Mr. R.C. Christian, designer and financier of the Georgia Guidestones. Maintain humanity at 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. This carved at the top of each granite pillar in as many languages as are understood by the vast majority of humankind. So, friends, the New World Order has plans to exterminate somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% of the world's population. Do you believe you are among the 10% to get to escape this horror? Please educate yourself more when this podcast concludes. I will stop here and interject a bit of an explanation. The scenario... I am laying out for you is the worst case. It is the actual deep state NWO plan and the carrying out of it that we are concerned with. These plans are adjusted and refined over time and timelines for the most part are fluid. For example, in 2016 the plan was for Hillary to win the presidency. The work of undoing the republic would be completed during her first or second term. However, Trump upset the apple cart, and their plans were put on hold while they worked to ensure that free and fair elections would never again be an impediment to the establishment of a new world order.
It's interesting that that old boogeyman, Joseph Stalin, added something to that conversation when he said, America is like a healthy body, and its resistance is threefold. One, it's patriotism. Two, it's morality. And three, it's spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. I dare say they began it, and after they collapsed, China has continued it. Now, we have learned that the beginning of the end game is the tagging, rounding up, transporting, and housing of many tens of millions of people. We have been identified through the lists I spoke of earlier. We will be rounded up at first by police and homeland security, later by the National Guard and the military, and if there is any pushback, it will be met by blue-helmeted UN peacekeepers. We will be transported to repurposed military bases and bespoke facilities designed for this purpose. How do we know this? Where does this come from? Well, we have the current pandemic, and we also have a hundred years of history to guide us. As of today, the CDC reports that over 100 million people in the United States have received the poison shot for COVID. And after listening to my podcast and following up, hopefully doing your own research, you understand what the shot does to the human body. So this is the current plan. The timing is fluid. Remember that. But now that so many people have been injected, they're locked and the clock has begun. So here it is. Starting in a couple months and continuing for about, I'd say, the next 12, upwards of 50 to 90% of the people who have survived the vaccine injections will begin to die. Most will develop serious autoimmune reactions and die. Others will catch the regular flu in their DNA, which has already been modified by the mRNA injection, will instruct killer lymphocytes to attack themselves, the cells within the body, and that will cause, for the most part, death. Others will develop serious autoimmune and other neurological illnesses. When this happens, Christians and patriots will be blamed. They will say it's a virulent new strain of COVID and we will be blamed as super spreaders because we didn't take the vaccine and we won't mask up. The public will be overwhelmingly terrified and allow the state to do whatever they want to us. If you have a Bible, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Revelation, and the Gospels will tell you the details about what that is. During World War I in the United States, there were squads of people that went around the country rounding up draft-age men and demanding they show exemption or they would be trucked to the nearest recruiting station and handed over to the military. In World War II, we had the entirety of Japanese Americans rounded up and mandated to internment camps, such as Manzanar, located in the unfortunately named town of Independence, California. There, they built the dorms they would live in for the duration of the war. Me, those that didn't die of exposure and exhaustion, of course. During the Bosnian War in the early 1990s, U.S. troops were among those sent by the U.N. to round up citizens and place them in camps where they were systematically tortured and murdered by their captors. They also participated in the trafficking of thousands of women and children to the international sex trade. All of this is documented and can easily be found. What are some of the things that have been said about the existence of this plot. 
this plan to subvert the world order into a tyrannical police state. We'll begin with the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. This is an all-pervasive policy outfit that has its tentacles deep into every place of power in the U.S. All branches of federal and state government boast members of the CFR among their inhabitants. The CFR had permanent representation in the Obama, Bush, Clinton, Reagan, Carter, Ford, and Nixon administrations, and now in the Biden regime, where they help shape policy consistent with NWO outcomes. Admiral Chester Ward, who served as U.S. Navy Judge Advocate General, spent 16 years in the elitist group before defecting and blowing the whistle. His testimony about the organization's subversive agenda after leaving was clear. Admiral Ward warned in the book Kissinger on the Couch, co-authored with legendary patriot Phyllis Schlafly, the main purpose of the Council on Foreign Relations is promoting the disarmament of U.S. sovereignty and national independence. And the submergence of U.S. sovereignty and national independence into an all-powerful one-world government. In April of 1974, Richard Gardner, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, explained in CFR publication Foreign Affairs how they were planning on subverting the U.S. into an arm of the NWO. In short, he said, the House of World Order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than from the top down. An end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece, will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. On April 27, 1961, John Kennedy delivered a speech about secret societies. The speech was delivered at the American Newspaper Publishers Association in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. I will not recite this speech in its entirety here. You may find it on my Gab page or on my Telegram channel or anywhere else on the Internet. I suggest you read it. Kennedy said, The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrilla by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine it combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War, in short, with a wartime discipline, no democracy would ever hope or wish to match. Woodrow Wilson, upon signing the Federal Reserve Act into law, stated, I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. 
The growth of the nation, therefore, and all our activities are in the hands of a few men. We have come to be one of the worst ruled, one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in the civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government led by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. Remember, friends, when Wilson said that, that was over 100 years ago. He continued, Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of somebody. They are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive, that they had better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. The government, which was designed for the people, has got into the hands of the bosses and their employers, the special interests. An invisible empire has been set up above the forms of democracy. Wilson knew and stated the plan and the existence of the deep state. President Eisenhower said, In the councils of government we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Eisenhower went on to say, Our American heritage is threatened as much by our own indifference as it is by the most unscrupulous office or by the most powerful foreign threat. The future of this republic is in the hands of the American voter. History does not long entrust the care of freedom to the weak or the timid. Eisenhower was another brave man who used the bully pulpit of the presidency to expose, as best he could, the continued growth of the deep state. As I said previously, most of the people covered by this listing of patriots and Christians will not take the COVID jab any more than a Christian would knowingly take the mark of the beast. Now, I am not saying that the COVID jab is the mark of the beast, nothing about the forehead or the hand in the injection. But what I am saying is that the injection is a part of the bigger picture, just as singling out tens of millions of people and turning the public against us is a part of the greater plan. Dr. Michael Yaden, former vice president and chief scientist at Pfizer, said, there is absolutely no need for vaccines to extinguish the pandemic. I've never heard such nonsense talk about vaccines. You do not vaccinate people who are not at risk from a disease. You also do not set about planning to vaccinate millions of fit and healthy people with a vaccine that has not been extensively tested on human subjects. Meanwhile, Israel is reporting that among those under the age of 65, the vaccines killed 260 times more people than would have died from the virus itself. A report went on to say this scary picture also extends to those below 65. During the five-week vaccination process, 0.05%, meaning 50 among 100,000, died. This is to be compared to the 0.19 per 100,000 dying from COVID-19 who are not vaccinated. Hence, the death rate of this age group increased by 260 times. During this five-week period of the vaccination process, as compared 
to their natural COVID-19 death rate. On March 3rd, Megan Redshaw at childrensdefensehealth.org reported the following. Data released today by the CDC confirms several ongoing trends, including that 47% of deaths occurred in people who reported becoming sick within 48 hours of receiving a COVID vaccine, and 20% of deaths were cardiac-related. According to the latest data, 1,136 of 1,265 reported deaths were in the U.S. Of the total, 31% of the deaths occurred within 48 hours of vaccination, and 47% of deaths occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of being vaccinated. 20% of deaths were related to cardiac disorder. 53% of those who died were male, 45% were female, and the remaining death reports did not include gender of the deceased. The average age of those who died was 77.8, and the youngest death confirmed was a 23-year-old. As of February 26th, 180 pregnant women had reported adverse reactions to COVID vaccines, including 56 reports of miscarriage or premature birth. None of the COVID vaccines approved for emergency use authorization have been tested for safety or efficacy in pregnant women, yet health officials are urging pregnant women to get the vaccine, and many are enthusiastically doing so. Vaccine adverse event reporting system data also included 1,414 reports of anaphylaxis, with 60% of cases attributed to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and 40% to Moderna and 298 reports of Bell's palsy. To draw your attention to something that ABC News published in February 29th of 2020. Experts have said there is little benefit to wearing a surgical type mask and warn it may even put you at greater risk for spreading infection. Is any of this resonating? I certainly hope so. What is the time frame for this? It has already begun. Under Bill Clinton, most decommissioned military bases were redefined as civilian internment centers. They are funded, equipped, and staffed. Under Bush, FEMA came under the Department of Homeland Security and proceeded to build out enormous camps in every FEMA region. They are similarly equipped and staffed. Nearly all of these locations have railroad spurs right up to the gates. Under the Department of Transportation, trucker highways coast to coast have been undergoing refurbishment and improvement. These highways will easily facilitate the transport of any number of persons from place to place. This has been in the planning stages for many years. Sunday, we will look at the books of Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Revelation, and the Gospels. We are also going to look at cancel culture, not in its entirety. We are going to zero in on very current events because, folks, everything in the public eye is connected. Remember... God has given us everything we need, not only to understand what is happening and anticipate what is coming, but also who is doing this, why, and what we need to do to prepare. I leave you with these words from President Andrew Jackson. I was born for a storm, and a calm does not suit me. Well, the storm is upon us, friends, and the time for us to enjoy what we have left is short. 
The end will be between you and God. Please be on the right side of that relationship. God bless you and your loved ones, and may God save Republic of the United States of America.